Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Wow. There's so much to talk about. So little time. This is the broadcast for February the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we call for restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We reject revolution. We call for obedience to the supreme law of the land. Okay? Uh, We call for peaceful restoration. We call for all children, our children of God. Let's be kind to one another and treat them that way. But if somebody's white, I would hope they're proud of their white race, their white heritage. If you're black, if you're Hispanic, if you're, you know, whatever, I hope you're proud of your heritage too. And I hope you can all stand up for your heritage. That doesn't mean that you abuse or down anyone else's heritage. It just means you celebrate who you are, who God made you. We should all do that. But this thug, in my opinion, this dishonest liar straight from the pit of hell, his name is Stone Simonelli, whatever that is. Isaac Stone Simonelli. I don't know if his middle name is Stone or if that's another last name. Either way. But this guy's a clown, folks. I'm telling you right now. I don't mean to be rude. I don't like to call people names, but look, you cannot lie about me to this degree without having me at some point say, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to fire back. I believe in the clarion call for civility. I even created a website on it. Have you seen that, Isaac? Callforcivility.com, sir. But you know what? They lie about me. He lies when he says I've avoided scrutiny thus far. The Southern Poverty Law Center has called me the largest hate group in the state of Utah for decades. That's how I avoid scrutiny, Isaac. They literally said my organization, Liberty News Radio, is the largest hate group in the state of Utah. Well, I don't know if you know, but Liberty News Radio is only me. I've got a couple of people that work for me part-time, but I'm the only principal. I'm the only owner, and therefore they didn't do their research because it's one person, and I happen to singularly be the largest hate group in the state of Utah, all by my lonesome. But when over the past 26 years, ladies and gentlemen, have you heard me preach hate? I teach that we ought to love the Lord our God with all our heart, heart, might, mind, and strength. Yeah, I'm also a religious scholar, Isaac. You can say self-proclaimed. You can lie and say whatever you want. But I am a religious and a constitutional scholar. Now let me lay this out. I teach, love the Lord thy God, love thy neighbor as thyself. I teach, do not steal, do not kill. Thou shalt not do those things. Keep the Sabbath day holy. I pattern my comments after Christ when it comes to religion. That's right, Jesus Christ. And I pattern my comments after the founding fathers and those who are willing to carry forward their legacy today. But anyway... I digress, except for the Southern Poverty Law Center has lied about me forever. Yeah, you want me to prove it to you then? 
Sam Bushman, myself, gave a speech some years ago. I'm going to have to look at the actual date. Sheriffs will be backed by Americans is the title of the talk. And I stood up as a constitutional scholar. I think it was 2014 maybe or 2012, 2013 when I gave this talk. I'm going to have to look it up. But no matter what, it was 9, 10, 11 years ago. So literally a third into my um, my career was going for, you know, 15 years before that, right? Halfway through my career, I was in Las Vegas, and I spoke to about 200-plus law enforcement officers. And here is what I had to say. Pause real quick. Think about that crowd. There's well over 200 people in that room. I'm at the podium speaking. I'm a constitutional scholar. And here's what I have to educate 200-plus law enforcement, public officials, etc., cetera, uh, in this Vegas event a decade ago. Go ahead. I just have a question for all of you. Uh, speaking of the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, and I just want to give you sheriffs a little bit of the accuracy of their information, okay? They don't do their research, and I'm here to prove it. Do all of you feel threatened by me? All right, now uh, just so They literally laugh because I'm a blind person. They can tell that. I'm standing at the podium. I'm not very big. I'm 5'5 five, five tall. I'm a little guy. I was a wrestler, so I'm decently a tough guy. But you know what? Not to a bunch of sheriffs in the room. Come on. I'm singularly no threat at all. So they laugh. They get my joke. They get the irony of it all, right? Go ahead. You know, the Southern Poverty Law Center has in their documentation on their website. If you go to the state of Utah and you look up Liberty News Radio, it's a little company that I own. It's a company called Sam Bushman Incorporated. It's just me. Uh, and it's called, it's called Liberty News Radio. It's a DBA. They say we're one, of the, we're one of the biggest hate groups in the state of Utah. So as you hear me speak today, you'll just hear the hate seethe from who I am. No, you'll get to know who we really are and make a, a judgment for yourselves of what we really stand for. And I'm now, am I trying to indoctrinate sheriffs, manipulate what they believe, somehow dishonestly lead them to an extremist doctrinal or extremist point of view? Right? Am I doing that? I stand up and say, look, they say I'm crazy and I'm a hate monger and I'm a, an evil threat. And do you guys see that? And they laugh at me and say no. And then I say, I want you guys to be able to learn what I have to say and make up your own mind as to who I am and who we are. I offer the same challenge to you, Isaac Stone. I ask you the same. Make up your mind. But if you disagree with me at the end, don't attack me as somebody who promotes hate because it's a lie. Don't attack me for somebody that's never been under scrutiny because that's a lie. Don't pretend that I'm a racist because that's a lie and you know it. I don't even know what race anybody in the room is. You got it? Good. And I don't care. We're all God's children. Let's behave like it for crying out loud. So stop attacking me, um, Isaac. Just stop your relentless, dishonest, immoral attacks. All right, but I continue to these sheriffs. Honored they for make the up their own minds. Go ahead. I'm going to stand before you and share my love of liberty with you.
and to thank you for your service. Thank you for your diligence. Thank you for your willingness to learn, to understand who you are and what role you play in history. Isn't it about time? Now, normally I give speeches and have slide presentations and everything. I, I give a speech that's available widely on the internet called He Who Owns the Media Makes the Rules. So if you want to look that up, uh, I heard from this uh, pulpit earlier this morning that, you know what, the media is not your friend and truly the mainstream press is not your friend. But you can take a page out of the Ron Paul playbook, quote one of their own when you make a statement, and then all they do is barbecue themselves. Uh, but anyway, if you want to see that speech, it is available on the internet. Um, he who owns the media makes the rules is where you can hear about it. Uh, and it lets us really understand who's who in the media and what we need to do to make sure that the truth uh, is known. Now, I want to start out and say I don't have a slideshow this time on purpose. Any of you ever heard the, the country song, Paint Me a Birmingham? You ever heard of that? All right, Paint Me a Birmingham. So the guy's up there painting and the country singer walks up and he says, can you paint me a Birmingham? And the guy says, sir, for $20, I can paint you anything. He says, fine, put her there in the front porch swing in a cotton dress, make it early spring. The song goes on and he says, sir, where do you want to be in this painting? So I want you to close your eyes and throw back to the golden age of radio for a second and listen to what I have to say. And see if we, see if we can't paint ourselves a Birmingham of America. Let's talk about a couple of examples from history that might spark your love of liberty. And then let's see if we can. So I'm trying to spark your love of liberty. I'm trying to use this example of a country song to a bunch of sheriffs that would understand. And I'm basically wanting to encourage you to have love for your country. I'm wanting you to think for yourselves. I'm wanting you to consider where you sit in the history of your country. And then I praise you, government law enforcement officials, for your role there. And thank you for your role. How hate-filled have I got so far? Isaac, pay attention. Go ahead. And write the fourth chapter by ourselves, shall we? Go back to the 1770s. The ragtab band against the British crown. The fight is on, the stakes are high, and the Americans are in trouble. They're in real trouble. They're a ragtag band of half-starved men, thin as a rail, but strong as nails. And you know what? They have their backs against the river. And the British are partying and looking for women and getting drunk and having a fantastic time. And the half-starved men are eating bug-infested gruel and hardtack for dinner. And what happens is the Americans have their backs against the river. And the British say, let's party tonight and annihilate them in the morning. And George Washington Pause. gets on his knee. Hey, how accurate is that, Isaac, you constitutional scholar, you founding father-esque educator, my friend? How off? How far off am I right now? George Washington gets on his knees, I say. Now we're turning to God. Go ahead and continue. He's and he prays and he says, Father, what do I do? And it comes to him and he says, you know what? Centuries get me John Glover. John Glover of the Marblehead Regiment. Do you know who they are? Do you know who he is? Do you know their role in history? They were tough. How many of you constitutional scholars know who General John Glover is? One of the most important heroes in American history. 
in the preparation for the certification of the Constitution, the ratification of the supreme law of our land. How many of you constitutional scholars know that story? Do you, Isaac? I don't think you do, buddy. That's why you're coming to me to get the information that the government schools failed to tell you. Go ahead. They had dealt with the weather and the seas their whole lives. They were fishermen, and they put their lives in the hands of nature over and over and over again, prayed to God for success, and did their best, and let the Almighty take care of the rest. Well, they did so night after night after night. It was cold, bone-chilling. Ice chunks in the river so big they slam you, your boat sinks. It's freezing cold. They're hungry. They're starved. But you know what? They're out there on that night to protect life, liberty, and property. They're out there on that night to protect their wives and their children. They've got a cause, a cause that is just. So the Marblehead Regiment, in the middle of the night, while the British and the Hessians were partying, crossed the river, gained freedom to fight another day. They did this time after time after time, saving the Americans from complete annihilation. They're the Marblehead Regiment. They'll go down in history. They were not only known for their retreats, saving America over and over and over and over, but they had a couple of offenses. We're in the middle of the night. Again, the British were partying. It's party time for those boys, but not for us. And they went on the offensive, dodging those huge blocks of ice that would sink a boat in a second. Freezing cold, frostbite limbs, but dedicated in their hearts and in their minds to a cause. The cause is freedom. And they went on the offensive and they won some key battles for America. If you don't believe me, go study John Glover and the Marblehead Regiment. That's just one example. Isn't it about time, George Washington said, that we won a few? That we put the uh, British in trouble? All right, we're losing in the North. It's trouble. We're getting spanked all across the country, if you will. All across the colonies, I should say. So they say, let's take the battle down south. And they did. Guess who was enlisted in that fight? He was a cripple. His name was Francis Marion. He was known as the Swamp You familiar with the Swamp Fox, Mike? Historical scholars? Constitutional educators? You know who the Swamp Fox was? He was a crippled guy. Yeah, but he was brilliant and he was tougher than nails. He reminds me of myself a little bit. Not that I put myself up on the same level as the founders, but... You know, I'm a blind person doing the best I can for liberty, and I've got my faults and my troubles and my health problems, and <laughs> so does our buddy the Swamp Fox, right? But we both do our part the best we can. Am I trying to paint me as a hero? No. I'm trying to get across that guys like General John Glover, General George Washington, uh, Francis Mary and the Swamp Fox, they did their part, and we can do our part is the point. And the sheriffs can do their part is the real take-home message it continues fox ladies and gentlemen and the swamp fox led a ragtag band of freedom fighters in the south across the swamps and through the valleys and they had a strange type of warfare a guerrilla warfare that you know what the british didn't know what to do with they simply didn't know how to cope with a ragtag band led by a cripple named francis marion he was so good at what he did they nicknamed him the swamp fox and the Swamp Fox gave the British a run for their money, and the British started to think, wait a minute, <laughs> we might not be able to win this thing so easily. I fast forward 
The time is World War II. America's live and well and in trouble again, you might say. The Japanese and the Germans broke our communications over and over and over. What are we going to do? Japanese fought on the American side. Tragic story. We put many of them in internment camps. That's a chapter we don't want to relive. But I digress. What was our answer to the communications problem? You ever heard of the Navajo code talkers? Oh, yeah, they had a language that they used to make fun of because it wasn't written and say it was a language for savages. Ah, oh, but good, honest Americans knew better. We used their language to save America once again in the Navajo code talker language. The Navajo language could not be broken. Again, America comes to the rescue. From the individuals like the swamp fox, a cripple, to the seagoing men who were fishermen, who stood for liberty and saved America, went on the offensive and gave George Washington a chance, to the code talkers, to you, my fellow sheriffs. Isn't it about time for a sheriff, the top official in his jurisdiction, to set the record straight of the proper separation of powers? To say, yeah, federal government, you do have appropriate power. You have very distinguished, distinct, enumerated powers defined by the supreme law of the land. And absolutely, we back you in your enumerated responsibilities without question. However, pause. So I'm saying the general government, we back you, we support you. We believe in you with the delegated authority you've been given constitutionally. Within your lane, we back you a thousand percent. How is that anti-government, Isaac? Answer is it's not, and you lie. We shall continue. The founding fathers were wise and inspired by the Almighty, and there was checks and balances in that system. And I submit to you that you sheriffs are the check and balance we're looking for. You're the hope of the future. You will be backed by Americans. Members of the media such as myself on Liberty Roundtable and other places will do the talking. We will tell the tale of liberty, and we will enlist our fellow Americans to peacefully stand behind you as you use the law of the land and the checks and balances designed by an all-wise Father in heaven and by good, honest men who fought for liberty in their day to help us fight for liberty in our day. It is my prayer that you will get on your knees and find your position, that you will have a gut check and a heart check and a mind check and say, you know what? This isn't radical. Maybe strange. It was always strange, even for the Americans, even for the ragtag band in the 1700s. It's been strange forever to fight for liberty. We're a nation, a one of a kind. We're a nation with an experiment, said the Founding Fathers, that had never been tried before. We're not a nation under government. We're a nation under God. With checks and balances, we will have the most unique form of government ever devised by man, inspired by God on the earth, promoting the most amount of liberty to the most amount of people ever. And the history shows the experiment successful. Sheriffs, will you paint me a Birmingham? Americans, will you help me paint a Birmingham? We'll be at home with our families, worshiping our God as our Father in heaven intended. We'll be protecting liberties as our forefathers gave their lives and blood for. And just like Taco Bell, they say, think outside the bun. We can do it by thinking outside the gun. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling sheriffs <clears throat> to think outside the gun. I'm telling sheriffs to think for themselves. I'm telling sheriffs that we back them when they do what they're supposed to constitutionally. I'm giving you historical relevance of the founding fathers, what they stood for and why. I'm bringing us back to stories of heroism and solutions 
in their day and applying them to our day in meaningful ways using country music as my comparative. Now, let me ask you, is that amateur? Is that a speech delivered by an amateur? Would you say? Is that just kind of a redneck, ignorant, don't know what I'm talking about speech? Is that a white supremacist kind of a speech? Is that trying to get sheriffs to believe false information? So this Isaac Wacko says I'm a white supremacist tied person. And then they say that I promote other programming that promotes God, family, and country. After they attack me relentlessly in this article, they attack Richard Mack. They say that he officially stepped back from managing the group's day-to-day operations to take a position with America's frontline doctors, a controversial anti-vaxxer organization. Wait a minute. No, no, no. This is a bunch of physicians. It's not a wild-eyed, crazy group. They don't believe in the vaccinations because they're physicians and they've done research. They just don't go along with the mainstream narrative. Experts, they say, wow, again, as James Edwards wisely pointed out, who are these so-called experts? How are they more scholarly and more of an expert than I? If you hear me speak, you decide yourself if I'm an amateur speaker or a professional. You decide with the information that I tell you on the radio and in my public speeches if I'm a constitutional scholar or not. You think what you want. I don't give a rip. But what I don't want is some ignorant Joe Blow that doesn't understand the Constitution to pretend that I'm not an educator in the Constitution with incredible credentials. Experts, they say, suspect Mac is in his new role to show up further support for the CSPOA. (laughs) Wow. You got to go to experts to suspect? Richard wants to promote all patriot groups. Of course he wants to build up the organization he founded, the CSPOA. Why wouldn't he? Of course he wants to support and build frontline doctors who are standing up against the lies of your government regarding COVID. Why wouldn't he? So don't go to some expert and suspect. I'll tell you straight out that's what we're doing and why. They stay still while maintaining control as president of its new advisory board. And continuing to speak at CSPOA trainings. Again, now you lie, Isaac. He is not president of the board. He's chairman of the board. And uh, he's not staying as chairman. He's a chairman while he serves his stint. And as you should know, like all other boards, somebody else will be the chairman by and by. Right? Come on now. They say domestic extremism that our trainings are designed with such disinformation, misinformation to radicalize attendees. Now, I want you to think about the speech I gave in front of those a couple of hundred sheriffs over a decade ago. Was I trying to um, literally paint these people to believe in propaganda? Was I giving misinformation designed to radicalize with misinformation of attendees, that any relationships between officers and white supremacists or far-right militant groups, what far-right militant group did I promote? What extremist view did I promote? What misinformation did I articulate? They say that my goal in our training undermines 
trust in law enforcement. Did that speech undermine trust in law enforcement, ladies and gentlemen? I go back a decade and grab something and give it to you and say, hey, what have I been teaching differently? Anything? Wow. Let's take a quick pause. Come back. I got a whole lot more where this came from, baby. This dishonest thug, Isaac, has got me fired up. Shame on him. I'd sue him, but you know the courts won't give me a chance in hell to make any progress. So I'm just going to stand up in the media and tell the truth. How's that? Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. Vice President Kamala Harris is accusing Russia of committing war crimes in Ukraine. She told the Munich Security Conference that the U.S. has examined the evidence, and there's no doubt these are crimes against humanity. Think of the images of Busha. Civilians shot in cold blood. Their bodies left in the street. She says the world has seen Russian forces engage in, quote, horrendous atrocities, including acts of murder, torture, and rape. The vice president vowed the Kremlin will be held accountable for its actions. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says testing of the air and water in East Palestine shows no signs of contaminants nearly two weeks after the train derailment that sparked a massive fire and evacuated people from their homes. Federal resources have been deployed to help with testing. The hunt for debris from those objects shot down over North American skies is officially over. Navy crews have finished clearing remnants of a Chinese surveillance balloon that went down off the Carolina coast. That's all gone to an FBI lab in Quantico for analysis. And now Northern Command reports its ending attempts to find what's left of two other objects, despite having no success in locating debris in Alaska and Lake Huron. Earlier, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby noted that without recovering the debris, it would be highly unlikely that authorities would be able to determine what the objects actually were. I'm Karen Sloan. SpaceX celebrating two successful launches within nine hours. And liftoff of Falcon 9 and Inmarsat. Go Falcon, go Inmarsat. A Falcon 9 rocket launched a satellite into space last night from Cape Canaveral, Florida. It carried a satellite for a British communications company. Earlier on Friday, SpaceX launched another payload carrying more than 50 Starlink satellites into orbit from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. This is USA News. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. So this thug Isaac says that we're undermining sheriffs in his article. You've heard my speech that I gave a decade ago. You determine if I'm a constitutional scholar. You determine if my speech was amateurish or if it was a professional delivered speech or professionally delivered speech to the couple of hundred sheriffs. The sheriffs seemed to like it. There was incredible clapping at the end. I even had a few claps. There was a standing ovation uh, at the end. So I don't know what to tell you, but they thought it was decent. So I'm a so-called scholar, huh? All right, but let me just set the record straight to this Isaac thug again. Isaac, you say we push back on vaccines and and masks and tell sheriffs not to back mandates. That's right. Mandates aren't law, sir. It's called pretend legislation in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, There's no authority to mandate anything. Okay? There's checks and balances in America. We have three branches of government for that very constitutional reason. Well, now, after we warned against vaccines and your government told you vaccines were perfect... Even Donald Trump said that. Well, now you get this headline. Florida Surgeon General issues health alert on mRNA COVID-19 vaccine safety. So now they're questioning if they're safe. Isn't that what I said from the beginning? Let's talk about who does their research and who's a scholar, shall we? Anyway, I'm a newsmaker, too. Isaac, and I'm making news that you're a dishonest thug. That's an opinion to which I'm entitled, sir. But then they say the erosion of that trust that we at the CSPO are creating in law enforcement compounds policing issues overall, making officers less effective at providing public safety. Wow. So, Isaac, here's a question for you. What makes police officers less effective and less safe? Is it guys like me that love them and support them and talk to them and educate them and work with them and say we've got, you know, sheriffs will be backed by Americans, back them, that kind of idea? Or this idea like the Democrats and the insurrectionists and the revolutionaries that are calling to defund all the cops? Who's eroding more trust, the defunders or the CSPOA slash Sam Bushman? Shame on you for the dishonest assertion, sir. Making officers less effective at providing safety. Now listen, said former FBI special agent Michael German. So you want to go to the FBI for credibility, Isaac? Good luck with that. Are they the ones uh, in the Nevada trial for Ammon Bundy that where the government said they were withholding exculpatory evidence? And they had to throw the case out because of the criminal acts of the government, not Ammon Bundy? Are we talking about that FBI? Isaac, they say he is now a fellow with the Center for Justice's Liberty and National Security Program, whoever that is, as if they have credibility. They then say white supremacy in the United States through its history has been enforced by people with badges. So people with badges today have to understand and accept that history to realize how they are perceived, this FBI agent German says. So I got a question. Is telling everyone that we're all God's children and we should behave like it? Is teaching everyone that we all have different races and different historical relevance, but we ought to all celebrate 
our own and one another's? Is that the racism? Is that the hatred? Is that division we're talking about? How about telling law enforcement officers most things can be solved by thinking outside the gun? Would that help de-escalate or escalate in your mind, people? They say that a recent nationwide survey conducted by the Marshall Project and political scientists at all these universities, they say, hey, most or half of the sheriffs believe that their authority supersedes the state and or the federal government. Now, understand that it's within their county that the sheriffs believe that. Not because they can just tell everybody to fly a kite, but in the county there's checks and balances too. I say the district attorney and the legislative body in the county um, have equal authority to the sheriff in different realm, different delegated responsibilities, but the general government doesn't have authority within a county. More of the states, more than half of the state's 15 county sheriffs in Arizona agree with the CSPOA. More than half of the sheriffs surveyed agree with us. Now then they go on and try to derail us again and say we are denied approval for our training in Arizona. But now the laws have been changed. Now they say more than 20% of the state's sheriffs have attended our trainings according to a Dallas investigation. Well, this Isaac guy keeps coming to me trying to get more and more information of how how, uh, what we are, our size, our scope, our mojo. In Illinois, they say about 80% of the state's sheriffs have spoken out against the state's assault weapons ban, most citing their constitutional duty to not enforce a law that they say violates their citizens' Second Amendment rights. So let me get this straight. Half the sheriffs in America agree with me, and half don't. So Isaac says that I'm not a constitutional scholar, but the things that I teach, half the sheriffs already agree with me. So how do you, Isaac, you can disagree with me, sir, but you can't say that I'm totally wrong. Half the sheriffs agree with me. Now this research analyst, this whacked out Rachel girl, makes this statement that's just psychotic, and I'm going to share it with you. She says this, people become law enforcement officers and their spare, very specific duty is to enforce the laws, not to make laws, not to litigate laws, not to determine what they think the law is, what a real legitimate law is, versus an illegitimate law that has already been determined under the Constitution, said Rachel Boltwasser, a research analyst for the Poverty Southern Poverty Law Center. All right, now, I want to take that statement on from this clown. Hey, man, when you swear an oath to the Constitution and you are a law enforcement officer, you must determine what laws are laws and what are not. When you are left with a mandate from a governor to force masks, but the supreme law of the land says the governor has no authority to mandate masks or to make law, the governors can't make laws. The president can't make laws either. But a sheriff has to decide, let's take Governor Whacked Out Pritzker in Illinois to make the point. The supreme law says that we have the right to keep and bear arms, and that right shall not be infringed. You got it? The supreme law. 
Now, the governor who's sworn oath to that supreme law has violated his oath and betrayed the supreme law, and the legislative body and the governor have signed a law that conflicts with the supreme law. So now you've got two laws. I say one's supreme and the other's pretend legislation. That's what the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence articulate. But they want you to believe that somehow the governor is God. The governor made a law that conflicted with the supreme law, so the supreme law is gone. And sheriffs have no business deciding which law they're going to obey. See, that's a lie. Sheriffs must decide. Do they swear an oath to Pritzker? No. Do they swear an oath to the Constitution? Yes. Do they swear an oath to the state Constitution? Yes. In the state Constitution, does it say the governor has authority to take away guns? No. Okay, how am I wrong on this? How am I in a legal quagmire or questionable state? How come 90 out of 102 sheriffs agree with me, Isaac? Why? Because I'm constitutionally a scholar and I'm right. That's why. They say the fact that there seems to be an increase in these law enforcement officers that say that they're not going to perform their own duties, that's a problem. Now, that's a lie. They never said they wouldn't perform their duties. They said they would not obey unconstitutional guidelines. Oh, by the way, Richard Mack said that. Bill Clinton threatened Sheriff Mack with arrest, just like Pritzker did. Pritzker said he'd fire the sheriffs. Uh, Bill Clinton said he'd arrest Sheriff Mack. Well, they went all to the Supreme Court, and Sheriff Mack never got arrested, and Sheriff Mack won. Now the battle's on between Pritzker and 90-plus sheriffs who agree with me, who agree with the CSPOA, and most importantly, who agree with the founding fathers. They say since the CSPOA was founded in 2011, Mac has faced criticism for sharing the stage with known anti-Semites, white supremacists, and militia members. Wow, he has been consistent in denying and denied embracing or promoting their ideologies so far as he includes an example in his lectures. Let's skip the break. I don't have time for a break right now. That depict a scenario in which a fictional constitutional sheriff would stand up for Rosa Parks. That's right. So I don't get it. <laughs> we also had a completely black sheriff, the sheriff of the year, one year. But I don't get what they're saying. Richard Mack uses an example of Rosa Parks. We can use real sheriffs to make the point, which we do as well in modern times. But they say the promotion of Bushman as CEO and adding advisory board members such as Barry County Sheriff Darleaf from Michigan, a, quote, outspoken election denier with known affiliations with other anti-government-affiliated groups and a self-proclaimed attorney, Michael Perutka. Now, how is he a self-proclaimed constitutional attorney they said i was self-proclaimed constitutional scholar how is he a self-proclaimed constitutional attorney you can go look up that he's an attorney wow he trains on the constitution and has been doing so for decades 
TheAmericanView.com is his website where you can check out his trainings and evaluate them for yourself. But then they say he also has ties to a neo-Confederate organization. Those ties are telling. Bushman's Liberty News Radio actively promotes white nationalism by syndicating the political cesspool. That's according to those experts, they always quote, who claim it's a megaphone to the white supremacist movement. It's a who's who in the white supremacist movements. Wow. Really? Then how come all the white supremacists that are getting busted and arrested and all these different things, the white supremacists that was Kanye West and everybody else, I don't even know. Additionally, Bushman's personal show, Liberty Roundtable, has provided a platform to a range of anti-government figures, including Oath Keeper founder Stuart Rhodes having him on his program the night before the insurrection. Then they say who has been arrested for sedition and all this stuff. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I wrote in a response that I invite a various group of people to speak on my show because of my belief in the First Amendment. They say that I did not respond, this is where they lie, to characterizations about my show speaking negatively of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or the political cesspool program. Then they say, Rural Sheriff Darleaf, appointed to the new advisory board, they say, was part of the sheriff's investigating election fraud. Okay? Leaf's new status with the CSPOA also creates a link to the National Liberty Alliance. That's a group that has been labeled by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, I don't agree with that group. I've learned about them, but I've never been affiliated with them. The most important name on the advisory board is Perutka. Wow, I don't know. I didn't know that we had a most important person on the board. That's according to Devin Burkhart, president and executive director of the For Research and Education on Human Rights. That's an organization that tracks far right movements. So that's the most important person on the board. There's Michael Perutka. Burkhart explains that the president or the presence, wow, the presence of Peruk on the board was a clear demonstration of the organization no longer trying to hide their far right connections, but actually trying to institutionalize them. Perutka, a stable at major CSPOA events, was the Republican nominee for Attorney General of Maryland. In 22, who was previously a member of League of the South. We will be working on implementing more and more of Michael's trainings. And the in-person trainings, Bushman said. On a January broadcast of my show with Peruka as the guest. During the show, Peruka showed his vision. Of a situation in which the training that he and CSPOA provide the sheriffs that could be adapted by those agencies to broadly train citizens and county leaders. 
Subscribers make this story possible. Please fund us, begs Isaac. Then they have a list of names that they want to attack. Shame on you, Isaac. I spent a lot of time working with you. But look, then Isaac reached out to me and asking for more information. Okay? And he's written previous articles about us. Okay? And he just lies, lies, lies. And he basically reaches out and he says, Sam, I would love to work with you. I would love to have you uh, talk with me more. Hi, Sam. I'm sorry for the misunderstanding because I ripped him apart for slaughtering us in an article. But he says, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding from our last conversation. The call we were on was not for a specific article at the time. Rather, it was a better attempt to genuinely understand the structural changes at the CSPOA. We take impartiality seriously in our newsroom. The story that followed our conversation, and then he goes on, was not intended to be. I'm disappointed that you don't think our coverage is fair. Can you elaborate more on that? I wrote back and said it's time for you to find topics, other topics, my friend. Last time we spoke, you lied to me. You said you didn't have an article coming out, and it literally came out two days later. Okay, so he literally then now tries to claim he wasn't interviewing me for the article that was coming out. And he told me there wasn't an article coming out, but one came out two days later. And he lied and he got caught lying. And now he's trying to say, oh, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding. My interview with you didn't relate to the article, even though the article was about you and your group. But it wasn't related. See? So then I write back and I say this, and this is a previous article. So I, I am highlighting today the article that he, that he just attacked us with. But he wrote a previous article that I'm emailing him back on. And I say this, Isaac, your article, Rule Change Opens New Path for Constitutional Sheriff's Group to Train Arizona Law Enforcement by Isaac Stone Simonelli. You say, please provide any feedback by the end of work on Tuesday for the piece. But then you say there's no piece coming out. The start of your hit piece, Isaac, is completely misleading and absolutely dishonest. Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association founder Richard Mack, who provides Constitutional Sheriff training, speaks and points in front of an Oath Keeper's sign. I say this. You use this as if it's current. You know full well Richard was on the board of the Oath Keepers at first but left years ago because he disagreed with the direction of the Oath Keepers. So that's not fair or correct to add that in your takeout piece. It's not fair, and you know it, sir. Then, Isaac, you say this, but a seemly innocuous, or innocuous curriculum objective obscured the anti-government views of the so-called Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Group which they have extreme wrong views. I say, wow, you claim I, Sam Butchman, CEO of the CSPOA, have an innocuous curriculum that deceives people? You know I, and that's anti-government? You know that I'm not anti-government in any way, and neither is our founder, Richard Mack. Richard Mack worked for government for 20-plus years. He went to the government Supreme Court to win. We are using the proper role of government. The supreme law of the land as our playbook, and you say anti-government? 
That could not be more dishonest if you tried. We can politely agree to disagree on these things if you choose, if you think differently, but you will not even allow that in your writings. You have to go with these labels of hate. Check out these wordsmith terms that you use in your first segment, I say. It's all fabricated publications, seemingly seemingly innocuous, an ideology based on false legal theories. Well, how do the false legal theories let us win in the Supreme Court then, sir? Let me say that again. How did false legal theories end up winning us a Supreme Court victory, sir? Anti-democratic. How am I anti-democratic? Domestic extremism. Wow, I didn't know agreeing with the Founding Fathers was domestic extremism. Did you? You then furthermore say, Isaac, lower the barrier for extremist organizations to access law enforcement personnel. Isaac, I spent a long time, sir, trying to help you understand our true views. While we are unfairly and dishonestly attacked, I further explained my efforts and my personal views to you as a constitutional scholar. I talked about Sheriff Max win at the Supreme Court, and all you can say is the above. So, see, that's where he says I'm a self, you know, stated or self-promoted constitutional scholar. Please explain why I should give you more time, I ask. Nothing I can say to you will touch your heart or mind about the work we do. You have a hate-filled, misrepresentative point of view. And I simply failed in my efforts to help you become more fair and objective in your reporting. I am disappointed that they would let you print this disinfo in your articles since it's the opposite of a true fact check. While I was talking to you, you specifically stated that you didn't have any articles coming out. However, your article came out two days later. Last point, sir. I have all kinds of people on the radio because I believe in the First Amendment. Now listen, he then says I didn't respond to him about the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender stuff or the stuff about white supremacy. But he lies to you. And let me tell you how I responded to that. You ready? I then said, Isaac, I invite you to come on the radio with me and discuss these questions that you have written below. And what's happening will do so transparently and in public. But I know you will not do it, Isaac, because that way you don't have complete control of the false narrative you try to paint. I will be covering this on the radio with or without you. Think about that. I didn't not respond. He says I didn't respond to those answers. He lied to you. I responded but said, let's take this conversation public. Let's do it on the radio where the people can judge for themselves. See, if you think I want to paint it, a manipulated narrative, let's have me and Isaac get on the radio. I'll skip all the breaks. I'll pay for it if he can't afford it. I will go ahead and have him on the radio, and we can talk about any question he wants to ask me. How do I feel about the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer movement? I think it is against the laws of God. I think those people are completely misguided and are guilty of grievous sin. That's what I personally think. You think I'll back away from that? No, I won't. However, do I think we should be unkind or mean or persecute or prosecute or anything? Um, these people who believe in those movements? 
No, I don't. I teach that they're God's children and we should be kind to them. We should use the public forum of ideas to explain our reasonings and our viewpoints. And even if we disagree, we can do so kindly and agreeably. But then he asks a bunch of other questions that I wanted to answer on the radio. But he wouldn't come on the radio with me. So when he says to you that I didn't respond to those things, he lied to you. I did respond. And I said, let's take it out into public and discuss it. Of course, the guy never wrote me back after that. Because he doesn't have the guts to publicly, clearly, transparently, accountably, with accountability, have an open, fair narrative. He asked me questions like, how much has the CSPA grown since 2020? A ton, sir. We've quadrupled. We've ten-tupled. What do you want to know? A ton, sir. Two, what new ways has the CSPOA found to reach a broader audience? Well, I don't know if you remember, uh, Isaac. We launched our TV show on Bridie on TV. Three, who are the state chapter leaders? What states are they in? Look, I'm not telling you all that. It's going to be on our website soon. We're working on that. But you don't need to know those. All you've done is done FOIA requests to sheriffs to try to intimidate them. All you've done is talk to our state directors and tried to get them to trip up and make us look more foolish. Do you have any concerns about the CSPOA's image? By promoting Michael Peruka based on his associations with other groups? Absolutely not, sir. Michael Pruka is my dear brother and a stand-up, God-fearing man who teaches the supreme law of the land from a constitutional scholar point of view. I will not back away from James Edwards, and I will not back away from Michael Pruka one inch. I will double down in defense of these God-fearing men. Then they say below are several assertions. In the story, I wanted to give you a chance to respond to by email. How about responding on the radio, you thug? Yeah, we're going to focus on training law enforcement. And we plan to increase online efforts to, to grow. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, I discuss anti-gay lesbian content. Not really. I discuss how I think it's a sin. Do I have that right? You say that I promote white supremacist movements by promoting the political cesspool. You lie. I respect the First Amendment, and I invite you on the radio, too, even though I don't agree with you. God save us all.